From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. So much has been written about the civil rights era that its stories have become legendary. We're bringing you an interview from 2021 for our book series, The Storyline. Kay Thorne is a retired Birmingham police captain who has talked with the people behind the stories. Her latest book is Behind the Magic Curtain, Secrets, Spies, and Unsung White Allies of Birmingham's Civil Rights Days. T.K. was asked to write the book, and much of the documentation is based on the reporting of the late Tom Lankford of the Birmingham News, as well as attorney Tom Friedman. T.K. Thorne, welcome back to Troy Public Radio, and thank you for joining us by Skype from Birmingham. It's my great pleasure. How long did it take you to do your research? I worked on this book for about eight years, definitely the longest and most intensive research of anything I've done. There were several people who said you had to write this book. Tom Langford, who worked as a reporter for the Birmingham News, he figures heavily as a source for material in this book. Yes, he does. And he's really the reason I wrote it, because Tom Langford sent me a story about when he came back to the office after working all night in Vice, and his boss, Vincent Townsend, the managing editor of the Birmingham News, gave him a mission Tom had just made a secret recording of Eugene Bull Connor, who was the police commissioner in Birmingham. And that secret recording turned out to be pivotal in a historic election on the form of government in Birmingham, changing it from a three-man commission where Connor was so powerful into a mayor, city council type of government. Townsend was very pleased with that and gave him a mission to go out and find out what was going on in the city by doing these recordings. And you also link what happened in Birmingham to happenings in Selma and Montgomery, and you actually set the record straight. And the incident in Montgomery with the Freedom Riders in 1961, what happened there and who straightened out a mob violent scene? The Freedom Riders were a group of whites and blacks who were riding through particularly the South to test Supreme Court rulings that had made it illegal to segregate on buses and in bus stops where, you know, a lot of the restaurants were segregated. And and they were testing that ruling and bringing it to the public attention what it was like in the South and the segregated Jim Crow laws. There were two buses that took off. One drove from Atlanta to Anniston, and in Anniston, it was stopped and firebombed. And a man who will play importantly in in what happened in Montgomery was actually behind the scenes in saving the lives of those people on that bus. And that was Floyd Mann, who was the director of public safety. But Floyd Mann was worried about what would happen, and he put two undercover police officers on that bus. When the Klan stopped the bus and threw a a firebomb, 
uh, Molotov-type cocktail into the bus, and then they blocked the door and wouldn't let people out. Those people would have died in there. But one of the policemen pushed his way through and pulled out his gun and made them, let them through. The crowd beat them. One of the officers stood over them and kept people at bay. They tried. They were outnumbered. So that bus stopped there, but another bus came to Birmingham, and eventually another bus came through and went on to Montgomery. In Birmingham, when the riders got out at the trailway station, they were severely beaten, and the police were slow to respond thanks to Bull Connor's order. Tom Lankford was there in Birmingham, and he trailed the bus when it left Birmingham to go to Montgomery. So he was privy and firsthand witness to what happened. And it was a terrible beating going on. There were men and women. It was extremely violent. And Floyd Mann had been told that the Montgomery police would handle it. So by request, he hung back. But he didn't trust the Montgomery police. And so he came into town himself saw what was going on, and he called his people in. But meanwhile, before they could get in, it was just him in the car and, a, and another highway patrolman. He recognized Tom Lightford and called Tom into the car with him. There was a beating going on that was so bad that Floyd Mann just jumped out of the car. So he left his protection, forced his way into the mob and stood over the man that was being beaten pulled out his gun. Uh, some retelling say he fired the gun. Some say he told people that he was going to start shooting if they didn't back off. But he saved some lives, and he did what he thought was right. Four years later, in 1965, by then, Governor George Wallace had fired Floyd Mann and put Al Lingo in that supervisory position. And you straighten out the story of the Edmund Pettus Bridge and Bloody Sunday. So in Selma in 1965, there was a huge effort to try to get blacks registered to vote. At the time, there was a sheriff whose name was Jim Clark, who probably was a double for Bull Connor in Birmingham, and he was just not going to allow it. So the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, also known as SNCC, had been down there working on that issue, and they were joined by the SCLC, which was Martin Luther King's organization. They decided to march from Selma to Montgomery to protest the killing of a, the murder of a black man there, and also the fact that they were not able to vote. And on Sunday they decided to march all the way across the bridge. And Al Lingo was there with his men, and there was a, an actual posse of men, I guess deputized. They were on horseback. They were all waiting at the bottom of the bridge. And this was while a permit was in court. Black people at that time walked across the bridge, and they were met by terrible violence. And History has painted that scenario as it being orchestrated by Governor Wallace. But it just so happens that Tom Lineford, who had a personal relationship with Wallace, had talked to him the day before because he was down there on assignment. And Wallace told him that he had told Lingo he did not want violence and that if he had to, to let the people march. 
And Lightford had kind of snorted and said, well, we'll see if that happens, because he also knew Lingo. And he was standing right there and heard Lingo give the order to uh, attack the marchers. What you're saying is that Al Lingo, who was head of the state troopers or the Alabama Department of Public Safety, did not follow orders given by Governor Wallace. That is what I'm saying, and I'm saying it because that is what Tom Lightford said. He was there, and that was his witness. Our thanks to former Birmingham Police Captain T.K. Thorne, who joined us by Skype in May of 2021. This is part of our book series on Troy Public Radio, The Storyline. The book we were discussing was Secrets, Spies, and Unsung White Allies of Birmingham's Civil Rights Days. And she has other publications in case you're interested in following her work. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.